take a blow. You, you have the confidence that you can accept the blow. As a point of interest, none of my men wear protection in the room. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Big D After Dark. I am your host, Nathan Hill at Nathan J. Hill. Uh, also with us is our good buddy. Uh, which way? Uh, uh, oh, here comes here comes Jose back with us. Uh, Tommy LaBeouf at Tom, Tom underscore FC Dallas on Twitter. Uh, Jose Carmona will be turning on his camera here in a minute at El Chico Carmona if he's if he's managing his. Uh, his uh, technical issues. Uh, and then, uh, also welcome to the show. Ishmael's not able to join us tonight. He has finals to do. But we're excited to welcome Jack McLean. You can follow him at, at Jack W. McLean on Twitter as well. Jack uh, is one of the new contributors on BigDSoccer.com and really covering North Texas uh, SC. So we're going to be excited to kind of uh, uh, get his perspective on the team and things. Jose, are you there? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can yep. hear you. All right. <laughs> I don't know what kind of issues I'm having today, but uh, Wait. it is what it is. It's for those who will, be, who will be subscribing to the podcast audio version, you won't even have any clue what we're talking about here. Just uh, <laughs> just enjoy the, the baritone of Jose Carmona. Um, well, well, we're excited to have you all tonight. And, uh, of course, everyone who's watching, uh, as folks come on, send in your comments or questions. We can pop them up here on the screen. They will shape our conversation. We'll have a good time to get talking about the results from this past weekend and for both FC Dallas and for North Texas SC. Of course, so let's get to the big story first. Of course, is SC Dallas, huge three points at home against the Houston Dynamo. Texas Derby match, it's always a, an interesting one, always a tough one. And Houston's been in good form. They have a new coach. They have a new direction. They have some, some exciting players. We saw one of them. Uh, uh, Ferreira uh, score a goal uh, and make FC Dallas sweat for about 84 minutes. FC Dallas it did adjust, and then in that last uh, that last five, seven, eight minutes, whatever, two massive goals run from uh, Siki, who we'll hear from later in the in, in our show, and uh, Facundo Quinone to 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 seal the three points at home. A huge match, so much fun. And then the doubleheader, North Texas SC lost to Houston Dynamo. Dynamo Dos, 3-2, a disappointing result. We're going to talk about that, whether North Texas crashed back down to earth a little or if this is just uh, just soccer, it just happens. And then we'll probably look ahead to see the rest of the schedule, see think about Sporting Kansas City this weekend. So let's just do FC Dallas reactions first. Huge win against Houston. What were y'all's takeaways from the game? What did you see? What... You know, what did we learn about this team from this match? Tommy, we'll start with you. Uh, what we learned, I guess, you know, um, 
good teams find ways to win. They, they, they were down. They really didn't look sharp in the final third on the last pass. And, they, you know, they kind of lost focus on that goal. They gave up to Houston. But you know what? You could tell that they were the better team, even though they didn't have the better game that day. And one thing I picked up is just Velasco. He has grown so much that you can see him like, a you know, a child taking first steps and now running. And it's just an analogy, but he was turning on players. And he when he moved to the middle, you know, he played a lot on the, on the left wing, but then they moved him to the middle. And when he got the ball in the middle, he was able to turn and dribble and get past players. Now, the, the final pass to his teammates was off. I don't know if they're just making the wrong runs or he's making the wrong pass, but you can see that he is a threat. And um, what I learned is that, that that last goal, they had two people covering him, and Farfan made the, the run around him. It was wide open because they were double-teaming um, Velasco. And uh, he got the shot off and it bounded off to Siki for the goal. And... Um, you know, I think uh, Velasco also did, took the corner kick, so he had a piece in the second goal as well. So, he, and I know everybody's saying Zeke's the man of the match, but my man of the match was Velasco. All right, Jose, your reactions to this win? Um, well, I think it's concerning that Houston outplayed FC Dallas for like ninety percent of the match. And I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating in that. I mean, they, the team looked flat and I mean, as a fan, you're sitting there going, man, I mean, of all the teams to come out flat against, this shouldn't be that team. And I think there was some very real concern. Uh, the, the stadium went pretty quiet once that first goal went in. And honestly, we were all, I think we were all pretty much complaining about the lack of uh, substitutions and whatnot. And I think uh, the substitution, I mean, we all know it. They're the saviors. We're wondering what Nico, what's Nico doing? Why is he holding off on the, on the substitutions? And then once he makes those substitutions, the game like flips on its head. And, I mean, they can't keep doing this every home game, right? Because we, we got outplayed by uh, Rapids for an entire half. And I believe the game before that, we got outplayed an entire half also. And uh, I, that's really, that's my only concern. It's like, can we please not wait a full half mm-hmm. before we turn on the switch? Whatever that switch is that Nico flipped, he needs to do that in the first half, please. Uh, other than that, other than that I, I thought, you know, hey... Um, the, the the defense was was our saving grace again, you know. Paz, whatever his whatever his uh, buy option is, pay that man, pay <laughs> pay that pay that buy option because the man has been sensational. Uh, and and I can't stress that enough. Uh, so as a whole, I'm I'm ex- happy with the result. Concerned with how long it took for us to get that result. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, Jose, real quick, I was going to say that, uh, you know, FC Dallas did outshoot Houston. I'm looking at it here. They had 13 shots on goal to Houston seven. And yeah, to your well, point about Paz, you know, made a great those, save, yeah. Ten of those came in the last ten minutes, my man. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Let's get but, that straight. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. seen that way. But uh, but to your point, Paz, you know, at one point it was 1-0. They had a one-on-one with the keeper. Had they made that 2-0, FC Dallas come back quite unlikely, right. but 
he makes that save, and you know that just just tremendous. Yeah, yeah, I think he played that perfectly. In all honesty, Jack, what about your your uh, your reaction to the match? Yeah, well, I agree that the team came out pretty flat Um, up until like the 60th minute of the game. It was just defensive lapses, soiling opportunities up top. Um, You know, it was really after Estevez was able to communicate with the team. I saw it twice starting in the 66th minute, him calling over Ferreira, getting a word in with him, um, trying to get some better communication out on the field. And it seemed like that was finally the boost the players needed, the acknowledgement that the guys needed to start building momentum. Um, so yeah, it's really good to see. Um, I still think Dallas was the better team, but it took them a long time to show it. Mm-hmm. Did uh, uh, did Houston deserve a second goal? Was that was that memo? Did, uh, I've I've looked at it so many times, and I watched the instant replay today on, on Major League Soccer, and uh, and I have to agree. I think it was a good no call, but I, I know Houston fans aren't so happy about that 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 free kick. Um, I think they got it right. Actually, I, I agree with you as well, Nathan. I was at the game, and it didn't really. I mean, I'm at midfield, so I mean, I don't have a straight line. But it, it, to my, my my initial impression was, you know, I didn't even think about it going in the goal until I saw the Houston players reacting and watching the the, the video and the, and the pictures. It looks like the ball is still inches on the line. You don't see green between the ball and any, any of the shots. So. Mm-hmm. It's a tricky one, you know. These are always tricky, you know, but. Uh... You know, some angles look closer, uh, but then some angles don't really give you much. And so I, I agree with the ref that unless there was clear evidence, uh, I, I think it would have been a scenario if he had called the goal. I don't know that the evidence was enough to overturn it. Would have, you know, I think they would probably let it go. And But but in this, it's just a tricky one. Um, Steve Davis brought to light the file before that, and I went back and looked at the file, and there was no file. I mean, it was really like... Um, it was for, for Pico. He just kind of stopped playing and looked. I don't think he was even touched, and he called a, a foul on that. The, ref, the referee was very inconsistent, and uh, it was it was very unenjoyable to watch it sometimes because it was like push on this side, and, and it went both ways. It was just a terrible – Yeah, I didn't think he had a great day. Yeah, looks like we lost Jose again, but we'll, we'll, we'll weave him back in as we get going. And of course, folks out there, we'd love to hear your reactions to the match. Post your comments, what you liked about the team's performance and what gave you uh, concerns. Oh, and here, come, here comes. Oh, here he is. There he is. All right, back. there we go. There, now we can see Jose. Good, good. Well, All right. So my well, internet hey. went down momentarily. My internet connection went down. Okay. And then I noticed that it was telling me I did not have a camera, so I had to reset the camera. And... All right, well, figured it out. Yeah. Well, hey, let's so go ahead and jump. Like, Keep it on these themes that we've already been talking about. I in the post game call, I asked Nico, uh, head coach Nico Estevez, uh, about about the adjustments. I said, "Hey, it looked like the team was flat; they didn't have energy." And he had a, a great and interesting response that helps my soccer IQ grow. But I also asked him as part of that question just about the growth of Alan Velasco. So it's about a two minute clip. Let's listen in. Yeah, I don't know. Usually, and this happened also in my country, when a team it looks. Uh, that they are not doing well. It's always, people always tend to relate to energy, to intensity. And I, I have a different approach of that. I think as a coach, I didn't put my players in the right tactical um, strategy, tactical positioning to be successful. 
and it was more uh, what we talk in, the, in at the halftime, the details that we introduced that it helped us to have that energy because if you look at uh, you get tired and you usually don't have that energy in the second half and we had more or looks like we have more, but I think we were better positioned and it helped us to get, you know, shorter runs that help us to uh, force the opponent to keep the ball long and win the ball back. Um, Velasco, if you could see, we are you were trying to find strategies. He was more on the ball today. He was uh, he had two great shots. He had an assist. He uh, he also have a lot of interior, a lot of wide. Then we are creating like a context for him where the players around know what is going to happen. And for him, he always can have support to to do little connections, combinations, and also. Uh, that traffic that the opponent uh, could have problems to defend to allow him to to take that shots. And I see comparing other games and the touches that he had today, it was a, a lot of difference. And we're glad that that he is doing it that way. And as I talked with him, I had a great talk a couple of weeks ago, talking about no, not a couple of weeks. It looks like a couple of weeks. It was last week after the the game against Red Bull, and the physicality of this league and how he's adapting and how we are creating context to make him successful. And uh, the best thing about it is how he wants to learn, how he's willing to be better. And I think uh, how humble he is and hungry he is to win. And I think uh, this is uh, huge for him to be every week a better player. Uh, good stuff from, from Coach Nico. And, I, I, you know, we were really uh, frustrated with um, – you know, with with the late subs, um, it, it was tough. It was tough to see the team just struggling, lacking a spark. Sure. Um, but but I appreciated his answer of, of like, hey, owning this, that he didn't have the guys in the right place and the right positioning uh, to help the game to adjust to what Houston was trying to do. It also helped that Darwin Quintero went off injured. Certainly, um, always helped not to have that guy lining up against you. Uh, I, what are we learning from Nico over the, so far in this season? Um, it, it does seem like he's not as stubborn or stuck in his strategy as some of our previous guys, right? What do you think, Jose? Well, before I say anything, now that my camera's working, I'd like to say, uh, welcome, Jack. Nice to meet you. Big welcome, fan Jack. Of, big fan of your work. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, I want to say that I think there is some stubbornness to to what he's doing. I mean, I think we all agreed that his whatever he was doing wasn't working, and it, it wasn't working for the majority of the game. I think what he's getting at, and I think uh, one thing that that I would agree is the strategy that FC Dallas uh, employed played right into Houston's hands. They they were they were basically allowing Houston to dictate where the game was getting played, and and that's why they looked flat because whatever it was that, that, that Nico had game plan for, it wasn't working. He stuck to it. Uh, so there was, I think some, there is some hard headedness, but you know, it, it, he's learning, he's learning what his players have. And, and he was, I think he was showing them that he had faith in them that they could turn around. And, and that's why he stuck with them for such a long time. But they did switch to a, a 4-4-2 a lot later than we're used to. 
And and that seems to be, or ha that four four two, believe it or not, seems to be instant uh, spark for us at home. Uh, even on the road, when 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 we're playing uh, New York Red Bull, the, it was very similar to this game. We were basically getting outplayed for the majority of the match, and and then very late in the game, he goes to that four four two, and suddenly we come alive late in the game, and we look like we're pushing for for that goal. So I think there is some stubbornness there, but his plan B's when he does deploy them are, have a dramatic impact in the game, which is, uh, I think it's, it's obviously stunning to the opponents and, and that's maybe that's why he employs, he employs it. Jack, what are we learning from Nico so far? What have you, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I think Nico is a lot more willing to admit, you know, when there's an issue as the season progresses. Um, I think this time around, he did wait entirely too long to make substitutes. I mean, I have, I see four after the 84th minute in a game the team was down on in a game that you know, the field really wasn't building the game up well. So, you know, I think, I think he's growing as the season goes along. It seems to be growing, I think, to a sense of kind of the players he has at his disposal, how to use those. I mean, I, I give him a lot of credit for trusting a kid like 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 Siki, uh, young guy, but who has something. It turns out it may have been one of the the other key uh, draft picks for this team. I mean, just steal. I think steal. Yeah. I think we start. We can start look viewing him as a steal, or one of the steals of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just jump to that now. Let's hear from Siki. I, I just asked him about um, his adjustment to Major League Soccer, and in his preferred position. Um, here's from the post game. Hey, hey Siki, congratulations. The hat looks really good on you. All right. Thank you. Um, what has it been like adjusting to Major League Soccer? You know, taking your skills to this other level and. Kind of how do you see your role, your preferred position in the midfield? More of that attacking role, more of a balanced role, or are you still growing into that and kind of figuring it out? Uh, to be honest, I'm still figuring it uh, figuring it out uh, with the help of the coaches and, and my teammates. Um, obviously, in college, I played as a winger, and then coming in, I had to adjust. It's a big change for me, but I'm up for the challenge, and so far... I've been learning a lot. It's a lot of unlearning certain stuff and learning new stuff, and I'm just taking it day by day. Um, yeah. All right, day day by day for the youngster. Uh, that's exciting. It's, just, it's exciting to see him get a big goal like that in a big clutch situation and trust that that Nico and the rest of the team have in this kid and and in the other players too. I asked I asked Fukundo. I was on there too, and I said, you know, oh, what's your role as a veteran? And he said. I'm only 28, you know, so I guess he was like, I'm not a veteran, yeah, but, they, but, but compared to some of these guys, he is a veteran. He's been, he has, has a lot more mileage on those, uh, on his, his wheels, so to speak. Well, it, it, big result this weekend for, for FC Dallas. I mean, gosh, I was sitting on my couch watching the game and 84 minutes, I was just restless and just like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was I listened to the game on on the on the headphones of the games. So I'm listening to Steve Davis, and they were also getting antsy, like, "What's going on with the subs?" You know, and we were all like, "What's going on with the subs?" But you know, there's, you still had a lot of extra time, and I still think it was late. But hey, he got the win. So I mean, like, we're, I don't know how much we can really complain. He 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 got it done. 
I kind of expected to see Sean because I thought Sean had a great game. And so I think that's one thing that I want to say is that uh, he still hasn't used Sean yet in an MLS game. And I think he's got a lot to bring to the, to the, to the game as well. And um, so that's another, you know, something in his pocket for later on, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's shift over. I, I, no, no, no. I want to, right. I want to, let's not move on yet. I, I want to address, <laughs> I want to address something that Tommy said about how we outshot Houston. But, Believe it or not, that didn't happen until Houston made what was a critical sub, probably the most critical sub in this match. And that is, in the 68th minute, they subbed out Darwin Seren. And at that time, SC Dallas had five shots on goal. Houston had seven shots yeah, on goal. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't good enough. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, they brought in Vera. Houston brought in Vera. And Dallas's shot rate shot up. And you ask any any of the of the Houston fans, and they they will tell you that was your guys' MVP. That uh, Vera came in, and FC Dallas went after him. They 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 finally had a chink in the armor, and I think this is one of those deals. I, I don't know that Seren uh, may have played in the U.S. Open Cup, and and some teams played their 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 best players in those matches. And that's one of those deals where it comes back to haunt them in a game like this. Saran was part of what the, 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 the makeup that was keeping Dallas in check. He comes off the bench. Vera, uh, he comes off the field. Vera comes off the bench and suddenly Dallas comes to life. It, it, it wasn't a coincidence. FC Dallas found a chink in Houston's armor. Once the substitutions came in, ours were simply better substitutions. I, I thought Howard came in and made a difference. He, you know, he's a different nine than Jesus. He's more of your target forward as a, and you but know, they I had think... the header to him. They hit the post, and he had another move where he beat a guy, and he he just looked, looked like a different player on Saturday. He, I think I think this is a sign of him embracing his role and knowing that hey, I'm going to be a reserve, and when I'm out there, I don't have to save myself for a full match. I'm I'm out there, and I'm just going to go 100 percent, 110 because. I know I can maximize my impact. And, you know, how about some Kenyon love out there? This guy has, we were crapping on him, but there's no doubt that his play has improved as the season has progressed. And I think we can say that, I mean, he's a, another player that's getting a reprieve from last season. We're all like, man, what, is, what does this guy bring? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you're, we're starting to see it. We're starting to see him get some form. And we're starting to see what he brings is a different gear and, and, and just a different kind of player to Serio, which is great. Yeah. I, I believe on the first goal, he had just nutmeg someone and passed it to Velasco, who passed it for the goal. But yep. uh, I, I want to say, you know, maybe with Facundo is that he's bought into the coach. And maybe maybe that wasn't necessarily the truth in the past. And he was exactly. just kind of winging different it, getting system. by. But, you know, I, I see that with uh, – Frank O'Hara and in Facundo, actually, I saw and that I think, on Saturday. And I think they maybe both that's just like better communication. Players. Better communication. Mm-hmm. The coach telling them what their role is and what their expectations are, yeah. and they know exactly where they need to be and what they have to do. And I think maybe that's the difference. Where I think last year a lot of players were being played out of position and weren't certain exactly what their purpose was. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I mean, this team, I mean, it's still early in the season. The results have been excellent. Um, you just look back at that, you know, a pen- penalty given up to, to New England at this point. Um, uh, but, 
the team's playing well, but they're still figuring themselves out. And I think that's what we're seeing in real time. Uh, I figuring out the depth, figuring out kind of the rotation patterns. What What's I the right configuration? I think the attack is still being figured out. You, you know, I, I whispered yeah. it in chat, but Dallas has the number one defense in MLS. They're tied with two other teams for the least goals allowed this season at five. I think Chicago Fire is one of the others, and I'm not sure who the other the, the third team is. But that's, I mean, that's just stunning that this team has gone from a, a defense last year that was just basically allowed over 50 goals to be scored on them. And then they came in saying, hey, our mission is to basically fix that defense. And early, you have to say the defense is the MVP. And, you know, uh, pass has a lot to do with that, I think. And that's even with a right back situation that's still a little bit unsettled. I mean, I think Tomasi, we've seen him play well and like seen him also kind of, you know, it's it's now, it's now you haven't noticed. It's now a three man competition because Quinones is all of a sudden getting minutes at right back. And I I believe I had said before that Quinones can play all four backline positions and, 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 and that's what's his value. He is a U 22 initiative player. So he could be in Dallas for many years. Uh, that U twenty two contract, if you if you if you guys have looked at it, allows you to basically keep a player up until like the age of twenty five or twenty six at that contract. Hmm. So the younger yeah, you, know, you get a U twenty two initiative player, the longer he can be. On, so Shun, I know some people are like, oh Shun, he's not playing this and that. He's a U twenty two initiative player, and he's under contract. I mean. As long as his contract is, you know, it could be three, four years. It's not hurting his team at all. He's and same thing goes with uh, with uh, Quinones. Uh, I don't think he's really in actual competition to to unseat uh, Nanu and and or or Tuomasi, but clearly he's going to be the main backup uh, at right back to whoever starts between Nanu and and, and Tuomasi. If you remember the beginning of the year, we were all saying, hey, we need another mid holding mid after we, you know, kind of bare. All we had was Cirillo and Facundo. Now that talk is not even existent anymore. But I still think we need someone back there. It's in a later, well, you know, uh, we're going to. Uh, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to Thomas. <laughs> I asked Nico about Thomas. We'll get to that a little bit. Let's go and shift over to the second half of the doubleheader, North Texas SC, because I do want to get get Jack's uh, sense of, of, of what he saw on Saturday, um, a bit disappointing result for North Texas SC to, to lose all, uh, uh, come away with no points at home. Uh, you want to win your home matches, three to two. Uh, Houston um, maybe was a little bit lucky. Uh, one of the goals was a deflection. Uh, sort of North Texas was active and, and earned some, a couple of great goals against a very stingy defense in Dynamo Dos, uh, but obviously a disappointing result. Uh, yeah, Jack. What did you see? It was, you know, I kind of, I kind of quipped something that you know, did did North Texas crash back down to earth a little bit? T- Jose kind of pushed back against me. Um, I yeah, I mean, uh, what did you see from the match? Yeah, I mean, I do think the attack definitely looked as good as it always does. Um, you know, Houston has a really good defense, as you said. They had only let up a single goal in four games, um, and so. North Texas did good, as always, breaking that down. Um, a lot of the issues this game was with the defense. And I think a lot of that starts with, you know, 
Coach uh, Pompidou-Kaw always talks about being able to rotate players, but, you know, Bartlett was coming um, off of a game. He just played for FC Dallas against Tulsa. And, um, you know, after that, all he has is uh, Nisan Abadume. Abadume is a great defender, but he's a bit slow. Um, and as we know, um, Carrera got called into the U-20 U.S. national team. Um, defender Nolan Norris got called into the U-19. Um, so normally all these guys are used to being able to rotate and help out with tired legs suddenly aren't there. And we also have the new goalkeeper making his debut um, who's not used to playing live professional games with this defense yet. Yeah. So I just want to add that both teams were in the same boat because uh, the Dynamo Dose also had their starting goalkeeper called up to the U- U20 and they had uh, at least one of their starters, uh, Brooklyn Reigns, I believe, was called in also. So I think both teams were in the same boat, and it really came down to their backup keeper played better than our backup keeper. you know. And in reality, though, the Houston defense is better than the North Texas defense. Uh, Carrera is one of the main reasons why that defense is on, the, the North Texas defense had only allowed uh, three goals. Yeah. Where, where Houston, you could say it's their entire team defense. They're just an older team. They're a solid team. Uh, I'm not. It's no surprise that they're number one right now in the league. Uh, they're they're built on that defense, and they're opportunistic on goals. They have excellent set piece taking, and that's why their buildup was so methodical. And I was. Uh, I don't know if I said it in this podcast, but I, I know I said it in Dynalytics. Houston has that style of play that you need to have success at home at in uh, uh, in Choctaw Stadium against North Texas. You have to have good defense. You have to be able to uh, maintain possession, have a deliberate play. You have to avoid turnovers in your own half, and you have to have really good set piece taking. And Houston had all of that before they came in. And, and those are the only teams that uh, – that's like the old USL one uh, League One playbook. That's how you had to play North Texas if you wanted to walk out of there with a draw or a possible win. And Houston had all of that. Hmm. And, and they are the number one team. So even with the loss, North Texas is still second place in the West, which, by the way, I think if it wasn't because – I think uh, Crew won, Crew 2 won. So I think third best record in uh, – MLS Next Pro. So I, I want to say it's more of a speed bump. These teams will play twice again. Yeah, I just wanted to say, too, um, you know, it really did take a really good team like Houston to actually make North Texas struggle. Um, you know, this is such a coherent team otherwise. And, um, you know, we, they've remained in the power ranking every week since the first week, uh, at least the top five, that is. Um, and, you know, it just so happens Houston's been number one week after week. So it was a tough game. I, uh, I, I do my own power rankings, and I had actually had St. Louis number one for most of the time. But I did uh, – I, I don't think I said it here, but I did say it in our, in our guest podcast that I believe that St. Louis, because they have zero depth, they're, they're – they're, after their first 14 players, the rest of the players are all teenagers, all U17 players. And because they played uh, midweek U.S. Open Cup, and that game went into the extra periods. 
St. Louis had to play a rotated squad this past weekend against Minnesota United, and they got crushed. Minnesota United, too, goes over there and beats St. Louis at home 4-0. And because of that, North Texas remains second in the West. St. Louis drops behind us. And uh, the four best teams in the West are all in the same division. Minnesota, which Dallas, with North Texas beat, St. Louis, Houston, and, 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 and North Texas. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. four top teams. <laughs> That's a brutal schedule. Jack, um, it, it, an, an interesting nugget. I was hoping to have a clip from, from the, the media call we did earlier this week with, with Coach Ka and, and, and Derek Waldeck, but um, I couldn't get, couldn't get the files. Um, still working some things out there with the media. But um, it, one of the interesting things was that uh, Major League Soccer had an article on their website about uh, potential candidates for, to fill coaching positions, both at D.C. United and San Jose now, uh, although I think they're going to – Seems like both teams are both of those are going to carry out with their interims till the end of the year. But the very bottom of that list, I was kind of pleasantly surprised to see was Coach Pop Mudaka uh, as a uh, as a potential target. Um, I, you know, I don't know if if one year at MLS Next Pro is is uh, in addition to his experience already is going to be enough for Major League Soccer team to to jump go for him right away. But uh, you never know. Uh, he's he, he, but I have just been impressed with my interactions with him. I just his energy, his sense of humor, his uh, his passion for the game, and his passion to be a coach. Jack, what have your you know as you've interacted with him and you've seen him in action? What's your take on him? Yeah, um, I've had the pleasure of talking to Carl a couple times now. Um, he's a really hard guy not to like. Um, he's always wisecracking, very sarcastic guy, but also very kind-hearted. Um, and, you know, he, he seems to have a really good grasp on this team. You know, when, when he was being called out to join North Texas, um, he also got an interview with um, FC Dallas around the same time Nico Estevez was. And um, I think the mentality around the league, at least in some league offices, is that, you know, they feel comfortable with this guy. He's an old MLS player as well. Um, players seems to really like him, and he plays a system that, you know, tends to be successful in American soccer. So... Um, you know, I think he's not, got nothing but good things going for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think it just goes to show the level of respect that that the league has for him, and it goes to show what a great hire he has been for for you know the club as as a member of his coaching staff, and and uh, why some MCD fans say, oh hey, you know he's next in line if. Nico decides to move on to bigger and greener, you know, pastures going forward. But I think that goes to show that it may not get to that. If, if, if MLS teams come, you know, looking for him, how long, you know, yeah. I, I think he'll be here this year, but after that, I think I would not be surprised if he gets offered an MLS job within the year. Mm, we'll see. And it's certainly, I think if he keeps up some results, um, it, gets this team to continue to grow it certainly adds to his resume of that um yeah i've just been very very impressed with him and what he's bringing to this team um yeah i wish i had a clip clip or two to show and and of course impressed too by Derek waldeck the team captain um and and uh, a great great guy as well it's just uh, 
this MLS Next Pro is, is an interesting league this year with all the rule changes and whatnot and a really mix of teams and mix of youth and some veterans here and there. But um, it's been a lot of fun so far, other than the AI camera. Can we just talk about that? We just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I have my opinion, watch, but I, right? why doesn't I have Elon, my opinions, but I'd like to know Jack's opinion. Why doesn't Elon buy that company and make it better instead of Twitter? <laughs> um, yeah, so I've actually done a lot of research into this, even reaching out to the league office a couple of times, trying to get some more answers. Um, it's all based off of a contract with this company called Spidio. And essentially, it's great in a practice setting. You know, you can set it all up in your practice field. It's automated, so it follows the ball. And when you have it and you're watching film, it's really easy to cut up video and put together what you're watching. As a stream, though, for games, terrible. I mean, low quality, loses the ball constantly. Um, I would say the only real plus was that during this game in Toyota Stadium rather than Choctaw, um, they could just pick up the camera, bring it to the new stadium, set it back up, and it's ready to go. But otherwise, it's been rough. Yeah, yeah. my daughter used to play high school, and they had the same thing, and it was just hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I've said it before, and, and, and my opinion on that is that it's a temporary deal. It, it, MLS Next Pro is being pitched as part of the media deal with MLS, and they can't get into a contract. They can't go and hire people to do the telecast because once that deal goes through, whichever network signs the deal, they'll be the ones to carry MLS Next Pro. And you don't want to say, oh, wait, you can't have MLS Next Pro till next season. So this is being done because the league has to be able to simply just terminate that contract once the the media deal goes through. And we no one knows when that's going to be. But when it happens, uh, some there will be a network coming in to take over and who knows? Maybe they'll say, keep it that way. They could very well say that. But I'm just saying that's it's a temporary. It's basically a temporary deal. And it looks temporary, really. And honestly, by now, people, you know, I watch I watch it, but I know what to expect. I, I've dealt with it. You know, I have no problem turning off the volume because the commentating is horrible. So, and, and you know, it, by now, you either will willing to watch it I don't even watch the uh, stick around for the extra for the PKs because that's really not worth getting all worked up about. It's like, okay, uh, game in, in a draw. I'll just check later to see who won the PKs because <laughs> that's the camera work on that is even more frustrating. <laughs> I don't mind that big the big shot because it because sometimes sometimes the soccer cams are the the feeds are a little too tight and you you miss the beauty of soccer, which is movement and space and, and right. guys who are making runs and movement that are setting up things that end up leading to goals and to, to great plays and stuff. Um, so it's kind of neat to have that bigger view you can see, but, but it isn't the best quality. I think that they can yeah, do. I think, I think the height of which the camera is set at, you know, so like the smaller the players, the better, because then it has a less chance of losing track of the ball and the closer it is to the field. That's where you get the, okay, I can see they kicked it back to the you know the defensive third but i have no clue what's going on because the camera hasn't caught up to that you know and then when it gets there when it gets to the ball when it just goes the other way and you're like okay something happened <laughs> and you know so yeah those the the camera uh height 
does seem to have a significant impact. Yeah. Be interested to see how, how that unfolds. Well, okay, well, let's let's shift to what's coming up uh, before we close out the show tonight. Of course, it will be another sort of a doubleheader kind of thing with, uh, with FC Dallas and North Texas traveling up to face Sporting Kansas City, though I haven't – I don't think the games are back-to-back in this case, but I, I'd have to look again. Um, but, of course, Sporting Kansas City hasn't had the greatest start to – uh, their season, but uh, you know, always a tough place to play. Always a tough crowd. Always a good co- competitiveness. I, I know Sporting Kansas City too is also not maybe as as strong as North Texas, but still, away games are tough. So we're we're going to shift over into that uh, here to talk about this segment. But first, let, let me jump to the, the the Thomas Roberts bit. Let's come back to that before we get to kind of predictions and thinking ahead. I did ask uh, Coach Nico about Thomas Roberts. There was the rumor. I don't know that it has been officially announced on the FC Dallas website or anything, but that Thomas Roberts had been called back from his loan and is now back training with the team. And so uh, here's uh, what Nico had to say about him. The second one uh, on Thomas Roberts, he's training with the team. Uh, He's going to stay with us. Uh, He's a player that we've been following uh, throughout this time. And uh, we felt that it was the right moment to bring him uh, back here. Uh, he has a special talent, a special quality. He has matured uh, in the club. And then now he has to fight uh, for a spot that is not going to be easy, as he knows, uh, because uh, there is a lot of players uh, working really hard and doing very well. But uh, we're glad that he's here and he can work with us and uh, bring us uh, a different type of uh, uh, profile and quality uh, to the team. Thomas Roberts back. He's one of those that's, uh, yeah, uh, a guy with a lot of upside, a guy that we've thought was going to always figure out, figure out how to put it all together on the field and hasn't quite been able to do that. Um, And and so hopefully we'll we'll maybe see him. And he certainly adds to that midfield depth, Tommy, right, that we need. You know, he could, he could. Well, I, I, I thought that Thomas Roberts more of an attacking midfielder, not a defender. So I don't know that he fits the role that of someone we need in the back, right? He's more of an attacking. No, no, he means middle. he means behind he means behind Paxton or Cervania, uh, which right now Siki is the only guy behind them. Okay. And, but yeah, I mean, I know Thomas, but who knows? I mean, you know, it certainly helps to have another midfielder presence, and maybe they're going to try to get. Thomas to switch positions a little bit or something. I, I don't know. You know, I think. I don't know. I think... It's, yeah, it's going to be tough. He's behind um, Pax. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but he's behind Pax and he's behind Ziki. And maybe he'll get some minutes in the U.S. Cup. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But... Yeah, my, my, my whole thing is, is Thomas Roberts is only 20 years old. I mean, look at how old Paxton and Cervania are now. And they're just now hitting their stride. They're much older than he is. He's still at 20. I mean, Europe, he, he may be considered old, but in, in by MLS standards, he might as well be a rookie. I mean, Siki is, what, 23? You know, Tuomasi is, is also 23, 24. Roberts is still just a kid at, at the MLS level. And honestly, anybody giving up on him is, is, is being foolish. Uh, I, think, I think this system is... Uh, better suited for him that than what uh lucci was asking him to do where in here i think he'll be e- excellent uh backup for paxton a like for like sub and then siki will be a like for like sub for servania and facundo is the is the ro- rotating with Surio. and i think 
I'd be happy with that with that rotation. Uh, he doesn't have to come in and you know be a starter or anything like that. But I think he can give Paxton uh, uh, some some time, you know. And mind you, he's more offensive minded than defensive minded, so it works great with this. Uh, hey, we need a late goal. You bring in Siki and Roberts, and that's a more of an offensive minded combination uh, mm-hmm. for dual eights. So. I, I think Roberts will fit in this uh, system much better than Lucci's, and I, I'm actually looking forward to see what he can do once once he gets his foreman. You know, Jack, well, you know, one more question about North Texas. Uh, you know, we've chatted a little bit about this, I think, in previous episodes, but I always thought that like one of the roles North Texas would serve for FC Dallas is an opportunity to get guys fit, uh, and but we haven't really seen that yet, other than Bartlett and, and Parker getting minutes. Um, there, Nicky Hernandez was had a lot of minutes with North Texas last season, but of course was loaned to San Antonio. Uh, do you have a sense that, that that might change? That we might see guys like like Roberts and um, El Medcar, guys who have had some minutes here and there, but may just need some time to stay sharp to get out there on the field and and to keep working and growing. Or 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 is is North Texas going to be its own thing? Yeah, it seems like so far North Texas has kind of tried to work as its own separate entity with a few guys going up when they play well, but not so much coming back down. Um, Carr has been pretty adamant that they already have the tools of the guys and any anyone joining the team at this point will usually be coming up from other youth systems. Um, but I think it would be nice, and who knows when, you know, again, we saw tired legs last game, who knows when later in the season guys are worn out, maybe it would be good to send a guy down, um, help the team out down there, and also get them some action. Because like like Al you mentioned, I mean, he's just been sitting on the bench most of the season. Mm-hmm. So the answer for me is no, no, and no. Uh, FC Dallas, the way they do things is once you prove that you're too good for a level, they simply refuse to send you back to that level. So, Nicky Hernandez, he's too good for North Texas last year. Thomas Roberts, when he comes back, he's too good to be playing in North Texas. Uh, all these players that uh, – El Metcahar, he's too good to be playing in North Texas. FC Dallas understands that. They understand that sending them down to North Texas just for minutes, it's not good for them. They, they're above this level. They're gonna go at that level, dominate, and and learn what. They're they're just gonna get in shape. So, North Texas understands this, and uh, FC Dallas understands this, and Ka, I I agree with what he said. I before in previous uh, seasons, if a player from the senior team got dropped down to North Texas, boom, instant starter or instant on the bench. Ka doesn't do that. Ka says, hey, you get dropped down, you're the backup, and then you have to beat out whoever's in front of you. You have to earn those minutes. I'm not just going to insert you in the starting lineup. And that's what he's talking about. <clears throat> and honestly, Quinones, Elmetkehar, uh, Redzik, uh, they need to be practicing with the senior team. They, they're they not going to get anything from coming to North Texas. They're too good for this level, and and – I get annoyed when I see teams like Minnesota United playing Ja'Cory Hayes, uh, uh, Mon- Callum Montgomery. 
these guys played for North Texas years ago. Well, Jacory never actually did. He played, I think he, he, no, he did play a couple of games with North Texas. That was two, three years ago. They aged out as far as FC Dallas is concerned, and I find it, I'm flabbergasted that they're playing at this level. And then uh, Minnesota United is also playing, they played one of their DPs in a game the other day, uh, not last week, but the week before. Outrageous. That's not the way it works here. If, if there's minutes to be had, give it to the academy kids. Let's see which academy kids. We got Tarek Scott. We've got Baker. We've got, uh, 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 I can't pronounce his name, but he just got called up to the U19s, the, the big uh, forward kid. Um, I can't think of his name. But we've, uh, we also had, uh, who else just call, called up? Carrera. You got Carrera. You've got uh, Kelly. Uh, there's so much talent in the academy that, that we're not certain if these kids are good enough for the senior team, but we know they're good enough for this level. And I, honestly, if there's minutes to be had, give them to them. Give them to the kids. Give them to Santi Ferreira. Let's see the kids grow. I mean, that's the way. That's the way. That's the way Dallas has always done. It. FC Dallas has always done it. If you're too good to be playing at U17s, we're going to move you up to U19s. You shouldn't be playing U17. Well, same thing. If you're too good for North Texas, we need to send you off to the USL Championship, to Europe, some higher level. Uh, uh, Rodriguez, he got sent out to. League IMX and then end up playing so well he got bought. People forget about that. Yeah. So that's always going to be the methodology for for FC Dallas. And no, you should not expect any of those guys that are part of senior roster rotation to come down, and neither should you want them to. All right. Well, let's let's hit a couple of these. We got a couple of comments here later on. Let's go and hit them. Um, uh, Arjun or Arjun said, how do y'all feel about the fan attendance this year? The atmosphere feels amazing at each home game. Although I heard at this for the Derby, like there was a little bit of restlessness, which considering what was going on in the field, it makes sense. But uh, Tommy, were you, you were there, right? Yeah, I was there. So my comment would be is that FCC has got to do something to get fans in the game, in the seats before the game starts, because the crowd at the end was not the crowd that was there from the beginning of the game to like maybe like 20 minutes in. It was a very late arriving crowd. And I think that FC Dallas fans, I'm going to give you a C minus because you need to show up on time like I do. <laughs> if you're a real fan, you're in your seat when the, when the whistle blows. And uh, I don't know if they're getting food or whatever, but they were late showing up. But they were definitely there at the end. And um, Matador supporter groups, they brought it. It was a great atmosphere at the end. I'm just smiling because I think the fans have figured out that we're going to play like crap for the first half. <laughs> so they're just there for the second half. <laughs> Maybe so, but um, like I say, it was a late arriving crowd. It's, it's, it's much better than last year. And I said, the other thing that uh, MLS has done is that they moved the games to better times. Uh, I think the, the calendar, if we look at the calendar, we have a lot of 8 p.m. starts coming up. So, you know, they they really the, – the, the whole experience has changed. I mean, you can see FC Dallas is, is trying to improve what they've done with the North End. There, there's some work going on there. They're, I don't know if they're done or yet, but they they made some changes, and um, it's you know it's a great it's a great outing. I, I do wanna I wanna do wanna throw a red card up to FC Dallas marketing because 
I had to listen to Houston Dynamo fans compliment us on the great, beautiful looking orange smoke that was coming out during the celebrations. Goal celebrations. I heard about that. Yeah. That's uh, how do you how do you do that? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, I know. That's I should. I was like, what? <laughs> it was orange smoke coming out during the, the goal celebrations. I'm like, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Maybe it's supposed to be red. And it's just they can't mix it right or whatever. You know. Anyway, yeah, I hey, we got we got another was. good one here. Uh, from from our buddy Ben, will FCD create a USLC team to bridge MLS next to MLS? I guess to bridge that pipeline of players. Now, I I, I don't think I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. I think I think uh, an affiliation like we've had in the past is a possibility where they say, hey, you know, but no, I don't expect it to do. I know, myself, I don't expect it to do. And, and Dallas wants to make sure that the players that they send out on loan are guaranteed playing time. And, and when we've signed affiliations, that hasn't been a guaranteed a guarantee. So I, I'm not getting my hopes up, and at least not anytime soon. Yeah, I uh, think... You think... What do you think, Jack? Well, I, just, I mean, I think that's what the league was hoping MLS Next Pro would just take care of and... Um... You know, if, if that's going to happen, I think that's going to be the outlet they do it through. Um, so but I, I, so go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I don't know if you guys have heard, but they asked the president of MLX Pro what the game plan was for the for for that league. And I've been telling people that it's going to be like the original Liga, where you're going to have, uh, right now they got, what, four divisions? Well, the idea is eventually those four divisions will have 10, 20 teams in each division. So you're looking at a at a MLS Next Pro. If you look at all the academies in MLS Next, why can't they all have professional teams? And if they do, all of a sudden you've got 40, 50 teams in MLS Next Pro. And that is the game plan going forward. So my thing is you could, in theory, if you wanted to, if you have that many professional teams in that league, you could actually then take the 20 best and say, okay, we're going to bump you up. We're going to apply for Division 2 and do ProRail within our reserve league. So the teams like uh, Union, FC Dallas, uh, 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 Miami, Inter-Miami, teams that are investing in their teams and academies and are playing at a high level will then be able to go up. I know New York Red Bulls would love that. I know New York City FC would love that. But then you're going to have teams like Portland or, or Seattle who are, who are uh, well, Portland more so. Portland's one of those teams that you just tell they're not into it, you know. It's like there, there's some teams that simply either don't want to or aren't able to spend on their academies then those are the teams that you're going to have. And 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 you're going to have some independent teams that are going to want to keep their budget low and say, okay, you know, we're cool at D3. But there's going to have some that that are going to say, hey, we have higher aspirations. So that's my hope is I know that they're going for about 40, 50 teams in the future. And mind you, they're going to be at 30 next year. So it's not that far-fetched. They're already going to be at 30. You, we're already... Uh, eight MLS teams uh, coming in next year and at least one independent, and that would be uh, North Carolina Fusion is rumored to be 
the other independent team joining. That's 30 teams that we know of right now, mm. and and they could still add more. Uh, I, I would not be shocked if within three years we're at 40 teams. Hmm. Good stuff. Interesting stuff. All right. Well, look, let's, uh, it's getting late, getting late here on the East coast. Let's, yeah, let's wrap is. up the I show. The time. <laughs> I know. And, uh, uh, so again, uh, FC Dallas travels to face sporting Kansas city. Uh, are, are there points? Are, is it possible for FC Dallas to come away with points, um, this weekend and North Texas for that matter? Um, uh, I, 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 I think not, so. You think so? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see who what the lineup's going to look like because, you know, we've had the extra game with the U.S. Cup. Will we see Sean get minutes? Will we see O'Brien get back in the lineup? Will he give a break to Ariola, who didn't have the best game? That, definitely, I think Velasco starts. But it's interesting to see what, uh, you know, this coach, is he going to have a new wrinkle? Because we saw new wrinkles on Saturday moving Velasco to midfield. What's going to be the next thing they're going to do to improve on? I see. Yeah, so. Kansas City has seven points. Um, they've lost. They've uh, lost every game away. Uh, won a couple at home. Lost one at home and, and drew one at home. So definitely not the greatest form uh, at the moment. I, I want to say that yes, uh, Dallas has had success in uh, against Sporting Kansas City in the past, uh, winning games at on their home turf. It's not that uncommon. So I think we have a good shot at going in there and walking out with three. Uh, it's not a guarantee, of course. You know, um, They need to pick me up, and they'll be looking to turn it around at home. They've only had three home games, like you said, and they are two and one at home. But I, I think we have a good shot at going in there. And as far as North Texas and Sporting 2, I would be stunned if North Texas doesn't come out of there with three points. So Sporting... It's a solid team. Sporting Kansas City 2, that is. Solid team. But they have very little to offer in the attack. And, and like, in their last three games, their their attack has been non-existent. And once once they allow a goal, if they fall, like, a goal or two behind, you pretty much know that game's over. Uh, I've watched a couple of their games. And, like I said, a solid team. But once they fall behind, once, once North Texas scores – Sporting Kansas City too just doesn't have the weapons to to rally. Uh, that doesn't mean they can't. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't. I would expect at least at least a draw minimum from North Texas, but I, I honestly I would say I would be stunned if they don't walk out of there with three points. Yeah, I'd be shocked as well. I mean, Sporting Kansas City too has just been bleeding goals recently and have only scored two the entire season. Um, and I, I get it's an away match, and they've had some tough competitions. But I, with how good North Texas' attack has been, I'd be shocked if they don't come out with the win. Mm. Well, good. I mean, I, I, I think you know with this uh, with with Kansas City with the senior team again, it's going to be a tough match. But but FC Dallas mm-hmm. has a pretty good track record of going in there and carving out and, and making. Uh, Peter Vermes uh, go a little crazy, <laughs> get a little angry. But <laughs> did you see the video of Peter Peter Vermes uh, falling down on the ground? It was pretty funny. A nice face plant yeah. there. 
And I'm like, I'm liking Nico's attire on the on the sideline. He starts out with the hoodie, and that comes off at some point. You know, I think uh, <laughs> a definite a little a little change. We saw, you know, Lucci started out with these amazing fits in his tenure, and then as this things got on and more stressful, he came out more in the in the tracksuit and stuff. Because I think he was realizing, like, man, I, I can't spend as much time getting my my outfit ready as. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, been, it's been fun to watch. Uh, Jack, one more question for you. As you watch North Texas, which player do you think, uh, other than Parker and Bartlett, has a shot to make the senior team? Yeah, I mean, I think with where FC Dallas has been lacking has really been up top sometimes. Um, and Bernard Camungo has just been absolutely insane on the ball. I mean, he didn't get a goal last game, but he had three goals in three games before that. And... I mean, still just putting in great overlapping runs, um, really smart in the box, really technical. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a chance at some point this season. Nice. 100%, 100% agree with that. Kamungo is a difference changer on that on that team. And and some of the games where North Texas has looked, you know, like they're struggling, uh, all it takes is a pass to Kamungo, and all of a sudden, you know, the fortunes change. He is he is the guy on that team that's a difference maker. All right, that's good stuff. Nice. Well, let's we're gonna leave it there. Thank you everybody. Uh, for, thank, one last oh, thing. Go, all right, all right, Jose. The uh, Bayern guy, uh, Mulatto. Yeah, he. So the kid is just raw. You can just tell that he's very green, but no doubt his tools at his disposal are just amazing. And, and here's a guy who asks us again about half a season, how he's looking because he looks like he just needs to be in the right uh, team to get the best out of him. I, I feel a lot of people are saying uh, we can't believe that Byron signed this guy, but the guy just, you can see he's got tools. He's just, Raw than raw, but he's got so many tools that that give him time, and and he could really be a, a diamond in the rough for that team. And he scored a goal, right? He was one of the yeah scores this weekend. Yeah. His first start, by the way, mm-hmm. his first start. All right, good stuff. So it's good to have uh, guys to look forward to and and see that growth. Well, all right, well. We're going to leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for your comments and questions that help shape the show. Of course, uh, gr- thanks, Jack, for joining us. We hope, we'll hope we'll get you back on at some point soon as well. Um, talk more North Texas. Please check out his work on, on BigDSoccer.com, as well as articles from Jose and, and myself. And, uh, and also subscribe to the podcast, the audio version, wherever you find podcasts. We'll be uploading it maybe tonight, maybe in the morning. And, and just so you can listen in if you miss an episode and stay connected. Also, uh, yeah, we didn't really talk about this, but the 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 Dynamo Theory, what is it? What is it? The, the Di- Dynalytics. Dynalytics podcast. Jose and I were on there. Got to got to actually had a great conversation with those guys about yeah, Houston. It was a good. It was a good fifty fifty podcast. I mean, they yeah. gave us as much airtime as you know. It was about equal back and forth. It was really. Two fan, two FCD fans conversating with two uh, Dynamo fans, and yeah. and uh, you know we we, I, we try to keep it civil. Some insults were shit, you know, shared here and there, but nothing too outrageous. 
Man, but that 84th minute, I was like, because I said like, oh, I think a two nothing win, you know, for for Dallas. And I, I said like, three oh, nothing. Man. Yeah, he said. I was like, oh man, I don't want to go back. These guys are gonna, you know. But then somehow we, you know, we pulled it together. So uh, I did say guys. that because because it was a, a, a you know a rival that even though I thought it was gonna be three zero, I wouldn't be surprised if if Dallas was chasing for that you know winner at the end. So I did I did kind of yeah, you backtrack a little. Well, all right. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week. Go FC Dallas. Go FCD.